Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome everyone to the BDPAI radio show. Tonight is Tuesday, August the 23rd, and we've got a wonderful lineup of guests. Our first guest tonight will be Carter Hill. He's the chapter president of BDPA Atlanta. Our next guest will be Ruth Farmer. She's the director of strategic initiatives for the National Center for Women and IT. Our third guest will be Michael Wolf. He's the high school computer competition coordinator for BDPA Twin Cities. And our last guest is the president of National BDPA. Well, we're going to get started. We've got a wonderful program lined up for you. Wayne Hicks will be calling in live at 9 p.m. to give us the BETF update. So after a brief commercial break, We'll be back with our first guest, Mr. Carter Hill. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Well, welcome, everyone, and welcome to our first guest, Carter Hill. Carter, thank you so much for joining us this evening. How are you doing? Thank you for inviting me. I'm fine. Oh, it's my pleasure. It is my pleasure. I'm very excited to have you on as a guest. I know that you're in your second year of presidency of the BDPA Atlanta chapter, and I was very intrigued when I read your bio and I saw that you're implementing a new strategic plan called BDPA 3.0. So I definitely want to ask you about that, and certainly I'd love for you to share some of your chapter's best practices. Um, But first, I really would love for you to tell us a little bit about how you originally found out about BDPA and what got you so actively involved. Well, uh, we will have to uh, go back a little ways. In 1994, I was living in Omaha, Nebraska, working uh, my first job out of college, and I found out about BDPA on AOL, um, You know, Black Data Processing Associates. I'm a graduate of an HBCU, so I was intrigued. Um, I started looking more into it, and I discovered that there are other people in the Omaha area uh, interested in it, and before long, we actually founded a BDPA chapter in Omaha. So that was how I originally got involved with BDPA, and what got me really, truly intrigued was just a community service. That is wonderful. So from research to interest to making it happen, that's volunteerism in action. Exactly. Well, 
when you got involved, and certainly being a founding member of a chapter really does require the relationships, the initiatives, the leadership. Um, how did you get that core group together? And, you know, what what did it take to make that happen? Because I know as a result of the conference, there's been a number of individuals that have gone back to their community saying they want to start the new chapter. So share with us a little bit about what that looked like. Well, that was a lot of beating the bushes, a lot of grassroots effort, just finding people who were like-minded, who had a desire to serve, a desire to develop themselves, people who weren't just satisfied with simply going to work every day, punching a clock, doing what they were told, and going home. Uh, we not only founded our chapter, but we were able to, within our first couple of months, get a substantial uh, donation from a local Fortune 500 company. Well, sponsorship is certainly one of the cornerstones for a chapter. How does the sponsorship process happen? It was a uh, it was a courtship uh, meeting with people from Union Pacific. I'm sorry, not Union Pacific Railroad, but Mutual of Omaha, the uh, insurance company. You know, consistently meeting with them, putting ourselves on their radar, finding champions within their organization. You know, explaining who BDPA was, what our mission was, how we impact the lives of young people, and that's what sold them. Okay. Okay, and those are skills that I'm sure that you use on a regular basis in your current chapter. How did you get from Omaha, Nebraska to BDPA Atlanta? <laughs> uh, I actually went to school in Atlanta, so uh, about a year or two after helping found that chapter, uh, I and my fiancé, we moved back to the Atlanta area. I took some time off from uh, volunteer work for a number of years, but uh after I got out of graduate school in 2007, I looked BDPA back up and I jumped with, jumped in with both feet. Within a couple of months, I was put on the finance committee, and within a couple of months after that, I was asked to be the VP of Business Development slash President-elect. Okay, so the leadership path, you were put on that very quickly. Yes, most definitely. That's, that's excellent. <laughs> it's really you know, heartening to see that as I've, I've interviewed a number of people that they continue to have BDPA be part of their lives even when they pick up and move or as they pick up and move and as they face different milestones in their life. So let's let's talk a little bit about this BDPA 3.0. What is it? How did it start? And how is that shaping the chapter's future? Oh, very good question. I always saw BDPA as a place that had a great potential for not only developing people professionally for corporate America, but also allowing people to take that next step. Whenever I walk into a BDPA meeting, I don't just see members. I see DBAs, project managers, software developers, QA people. Essentially, the same people that you see every day in Fortune 500 companies, but you could really build businesses from these. And instead of simply thinking of ourselves as a nonprofit, as a circle of professionals, I thought, what about if we begin to think of ourselves as people who could actually provide services? I network with quite a number of other nonprofits in the Atlanta area. 
whenever I describe what BDPA is, I would always get the question, do you have anybody who can do a website? Do you have anybody who can build a database for me? You know, invariably, I can always say yes. And if they're willing to pay my members, we can continue the conversation. So the idea became, let's take it to the next level. Okay, so the next level is a BDPA business? Entrepreneurship. BDPA as an incubator and a developer of entrepreneurs. 1.0 was the establishment of our national organization. 2.0 was the development of programs for youth. 3.0 I see as the development of an entrepreneurial development program, not just here in Atlanta, but throughout BDPA. Well, talk a little bit more about that blueprint process. If you're starting it or as you're starting it in Atlanta, how will other chapters hear about it? How can they contact you? How can this really take root within the organization? And what are your plans for that? Well, my plans are simply this. It's, a, it's going to be a phased approach. This is a totally different way of looking at BDPA. We will continue to do all of the normal things we do, a HSCC program, putting on monthly workshops and meetings, but within that, we start to develop teams that will do things like respond to RFPs, teams that will actually build software for the chapter. Currently, Atlanta has a technology team headed by our VP of technology that is developing a web application so that members who would like to participate in BDPA 3.0 and become entrepreneurs can actually start putting their information into our website as we start building a client base and start getting the word out there that we have people who have skills and resources, that they can start to bid on jobs, just like any other business professional organization does. That's phenomenal. Wow. I suspect that after this show, you're going to get a number of queries from other people. That is really excellent. And given the economy and so many people looking at what can, what are professional development opportunities within their organization and outside of their organization, this is a wonderful way for members to get additional value. So I look forward to hearing more about that. Hmm. I, I think as um, I've talked to my successor, Ms. Felicia Jones, what will probably happen is as I step down at the end of my second year, I will take over that program and I'll become what was the title? Director of Business Services. And that will be my role post-2011, keeping the process going, developing best practices, and basically making sure that it gets off the ground fully. Excellent. And given the new regional structure, will that help you do that, or are there ways that, given the regional structure, you'll be able to get the word out to people? Most definitely. I think... The regionalization is a wonderful idea. It will allow chapter presidents to focus more on at home. I know in the last year or so I've been really challenged to participate as an NBOD member and also keep my chapter going. So I think Felicia and the, her board next year will have a wonderful time. We have a great person down here running our region, Ms. Teresa Williams, who was my predecessor. So we're in great hands. That's terrific. And so I hear that camaraderie, that acknowledgement of leadership, 
and that sense of continuity, which is, of course, very important in developing businesses and entrepreneurship in general. So, Carter, I really appreciate you being on the show tonight. In the remaining minute or so, what are some final thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with? I would have to say, especially if you are a BDPA leader, you know, I continually heard from Wayne Hicks and other members who have been before, treat it like a business, take it seriously. When you walk in to meet a potential sponsor, don't just think of yourself as an employee of Company X. Think of yourself as a CEO of an IT business. You show that strength. You show that resolve. People take you seriously, and you will get your funding, and you will get your recognition. Mm, that sounds like a BPA 3.0 in practice. So think <laughs> of yourself as a CEO. So from volunteer to CEO, I know that we've talked about from the classroom to the boardroom, but this way the boardroom doesn't necessarily have to be the corporate path. It can be the path that you build for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, powerful thought. Well, Carter, thank you so much for being part of our show. If someone would like to get in touch with you, is there a BDPA-based email that they can contact you at? Yes, I can. I can be reached any time of day at president at atlantabdpa.org. Also, we can. our website down here is atlantabdpa.org. Fantastic. Well, Carter, I invite you to stay and continue to listen to the show this evening. Thank you for giving us some highlights about BDPA 3.0, planning the seed of entrepreneurship, reminding us to think like a CEO and to treat our BDPA chapters as a business and really respect the leadership that is within it and the members who provide a great service. So thank you again. Have a great evening. And I look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Most definitely. Can't wait. Thanks. Well, thank you and, and goodbye, Carter. We're going to continue our show. Our next guest is Bruce Farmer. She is the Director of Strategic Initiatives at the National Center for Women and IT. And Ruth is a nationally known expert on issues that impact women in the IT industry. And one of the things that's uh, very exciting is that NCWIT sponsors a national award to recognize the aspirations of women in the IT industry. And we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that when Ruth joined us. So I'm hoping that Ruth is on the line. Ruth, welcome to the BDPA Internet Radio Show. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Oh, it is great to have you on the show. Now, I know that for some of our listeners, they're really not familiar and I was hoping that you could give us a quick highlight and overview organization does, and this kind of makes a connection between your organization and what be relevant for BDPA members. 
Sure. So the National Center for Women in IT is a national community dedicated to increasing diversity in IT. And we've been around for seven years. We were started with the National Science Foundation grant, and we're a big public-private partnership. We get our support from both corporations and from the National Science Foundation. And we are a research-based practices organization. So it is our job to find out what is working for others in bringing more women and minorities into information technology and then to spread that through the entire computing community. So what's relevant for BDPA members and chapters is we have lots of research-based resources that talk about different teaching styles, um, changes to curriculum, changes in HR practices that can not only bring more women and minorities into computing and IT, but also keep them in those fields. Okay. So given that, what are, are there some key points that you share on a regular basis in terms of that research that might be helpful for people to know as they talk with their peers or talk with their employer? Well, one of the hottest things lately, I mean, we have lots of statistics that we, that we publish about the participation of women in IT, and we have that broken down by state, we have it broken down by U.S. House District, we have it by ethnic minority. So we can help you provide providing you with statistics. And we have a recent resource called the Scorecard, which is a whole set of slides and graphics that anyone can take. And when you want to make that argument of why diversity matters for innovation, why diversity makes your bottom line as a corporation better, we have all those facts and figures and tools to help you do that. Another big thing that's really hot right now is this idea of stereotype threat and that the fear of living up to a stereotype about your group holds people back from taking risks that they wouldn't take if they didn't have that stereotype ahead of them. So an example would be there's a stereotype that girls can't do math. So girls simply don't even enter those classes because they don't want to get a low grade, so they just don't take those classes, rather than trying because they're afraid of fulfilling that stereotype. And that plays out in the workplace. It plays out in social situations. And so we've provided a number of, of research-based resources that help supervisors, teachers, professors, anyone who's working with a group that's subject to stereotype threat to avoid um, affirming those situations. So you may have heard, for example, that if you tell someone before they take a test, yeah, we want to figure out if your gender is good at this kind of thing, they'll do worse on the test if you remind them of their minority status prior to them performing. So that's um, just a little hint of kind of what some of the resources we provide. Those are very helpful. And on a regular basis, you were saying that people can download those statistics and, and use yes. them. Yeah, and one of the most useful that I think is just amazing is we have this new U.S. House District map that compares projected jobs in IT by U.S. House District to the pipeline of students coming in. So, for example, in District 16 in Texas, they have a projected 1,600 jobs by 2016, but last year only 29 kids got a computing degree in the whole district. So those kind of numbers can illustrate for funders why this is so important. 
why it's important to do outreach to kids. Because you're, if you come armed with hard numbers that relate to your community, they really sit up and listen. And I can imagine that would be very helpful for chapters that are trying to identify what's in it for me for a corporation or in a strategic partnership. So that is a great resource. Could you share the actual website so that people can take a moment to jot that down? Yeah, the website for that specific resource is www.ncwit.org slash cseducation. So you can download at that site statewide data for your state as well as U.S. House District data. So you can break it down for your specific community. And it has the pipeline of kids into the field, which is based on SAT tests, indicators of what kids are going to major in, and AP test taking. And then we have job um, projections from the U.S. Department of Labor that project for jobs in computing and IT. That is extremely valuable. Now, I know that there was uh, an opportunity, there was a computer science education week. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your involvement in that program? Yes, so I'm the Vice Chair of Computer Science Education Week, and we are in our third year now since it was put into law by Congress in 2009. And Computer Science Education Week is a national call to action to influence stakeholders at all levels to um, be more aware of and drive awareness of at the legislative level of the importance of computing education in the schools. So most people aren't aware that only 24% of U.S. high schools even offer what would be considered rigorous computer science. So the vast majority of kids are not getting this type of education, which is why informal education opportunities like BDPA offers are so important to fill that gap for a lot of kids. And so Computer Science Education Week is a um, it can be found at csedweek.org. It's a coalition of lots of companies and organizations, and we provide all kinds of resources, and we encourage people to have events in celebration of the week, which is December 5th to 11th. And it's set on the week of um, Admiral Grace Hopper's birthday, which is December 9th, and um, she was one of the mothers of computing who has been largely forgotten. And so we're trying to bring back um, some really great role models into this space. And there's lots of activities on there for parents, for kids. Uh, a school district, a BDPA chapter could do an event for Computer Science Education Week just to bring awareness in the community and get publicity for this important issue. Oh, that is really helpful. I know that a number of our chapters has uh, regular programming around Black Technology, Family Technology Week. Um, however, that's in February. So it's, it's good to know that there's another week that has national support and national recognition. Well, and we're not, we don't say you have to do it that week. Um, we have a pledge system where you can pledge an activity and it gets populated on a global website that shows activity all over the world. So um, we'd love to see pledges saying, you know, we're going to dedicate our BDPA meeting this month to Computer Science Education Week or we're going to do X for Black Family Technology Week in honor of Computer Science Education Week. We just want to show the world that there are people that care about this and that there is a community around it. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to repeat that website one more time. That's C for computer, S for science, ed, ed, week.org. And that's December 5th through the 11th. And I'm just going to repeat your website again, www.ncwit.org. And if people add a slash CS, then they'll be able to access some of that research. Now, before you go, Ruth, um, I did want to have you provide an example of how NCWIT has actually impacted a BDPA member. So um, this is actually really exciting, and I have to say it's possibly due to BDPA that we have the high numbers of participa participation from African-American girls that we have. So we have a national award program for girls, and we really consider this a talent development pipeline program where we identify girls at the high school level that are already active and interested in computing, and then we recognize them publicly in an award ceremony and give them lots of reasons to stay in the pipeline and lots of reasons to stay in the field, so scholarships, prizes, money, internships, anything that we can find to give them. And um, thanks to the hard work of BDPA members in spreading the word and blogging by Wayne and others, we've had really good participation from um, BDPA members. And in particular, we had a, um, a winner this um, last spring in Ohio. Her name is Brandy Lyles, and she's a member of the Ohio BDPA chapter. And her participation in BDPA activities is what won her this recognition. And for any of your chapters that are working with young women, I strongly encourage them to apply for our award program. It opens September 15th, and they have six weeks to apply from September 15th to October 31st. And um, there are 35 national winners, and then there are local winners in local affiliates all over the country. We expect to have 30 local affiliates this year. And they win prizes, you know, laptops, cash, Scholarships. There's over 20 universities that offer scholarships if they win this award, and that number is growing. So I really encourage um, all the chapters to spread the word, and we'll have a blog about it um, coming out. Uh, I think Wayne is going to do a blog when we announce the award again in, um, on September 15th. And I'm very interested in working with chapters to publicize this recognition when their students win, because it's a win-win for all of us to let the world know that young African-American girls are in technology, that they love it, that they're good at it, and just getting the word out that um, this is something that girls do because it's sort of like um, it has a halo effect. The more girls do it, the more girls are interested in doing it. And that's um, that peer pressure is so much more powerful than any message that we as adults can give to kids. Right, right. And I'm, I'm seeing that I actually tomorrow we'll have a special edition of BDPA iRadio and we'll focus on the winners of a high school computer competition. And what I'm finding is that the students are very excited that they're going to be on the show, and the viral marketing has been phenomenal. So um, that, you know, I, I definitely see that teenagers tell other teenagers they market to themselves, and IT really is it. So, Ruthie, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much for sharing some great resources, telling us about 
um, your organization and how BDPA members can be involved. Um, learning about the Computer Science Education Week was wonderful, and also being aware of the um, opportunity for students to apply, African American young women to apply starting September 15th. And would they go directly to the website, www.ncwit.org? Yes, for, for the award program, that will be up on the main site starting on the 15th. But if they want to check it out right now, if it's just aspirationsaward.org. And that will actually, there's profiles on there of every winner, including Brandy. You can read about her and see her photo. And um, that's available right now at aspirationsaward.org. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, I really appreciate you sharing that information. And um, I know that Wayne will uh, let folks, remind folks through the different EDPA networks about the award when it comes up. So thanks again. Thank you very much. Great evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. So we are going to take a brief break. And in that break, Wayne Hicks should be on the line, and he's going to give us the BETF update for this week. Wayne, are you on the line? Yes, how are you doing, Fran? Just fine, thanks, Wayne. So what's what's going on this week with the Education and Technology Foundation for BDPA? Well, I think I have four quick points that I want to share. Three of them have to do with some outstanding young people that are receiving uh, BETF-funded scholarships. And so we were contacted by Trine Long-Reed. She is a a member of the BDPA Atlanta chapter, and she was a high-performing student in the 2008 National High School Computer Competition Championship, and as such, she, she earned a Bemley Award, and we are processing that award for her attendance at the University of West Georgia. Uh, We were also very pleased um, to be contacted by one of the most prolific high school competitors that we've ever seen. Um, His name is Adwait Walimbe. He's from the BDPA Southern Minnesota chapter, and he actually is one of the few young people in in our history that has won a national championship four times. And so he has earned quite a bit of money in terms of Bemley scholarships for his HSCC performance. And at this past conference earlier this month in Chicago, he also earned an Eli Lilly scholarship for BDPA students, and he was one of the first winners of the Johnson & Johnson scholarship for BDPA students. And so Adway contacted us uh, earlier this week to indicate that he is going to be attending the University of Minnesota and has asked that we cut his scholarship check to the University of Minnesota. Uh, third, young, uh, this was a young lady that contacted me actually earlier this afternoon. Uh, her name is Jada Cruz. She is with our BDPA Indianapolis chapter, and uh, she earned this year the Eli Lilly Scholarship earlier this month in Chicago, and she is a graphics designer. That's what her passion is. She's been doing that for the past three years, and she plans on she plans on uh, using her scholarship to attend the Indiana-Purdue University uh, in Indianapolis, I-U-P-U-I, I guess is the acronym they go by. And I think the final update, friend, that I would give is comes from the BDPA Cincinnati chapter. Um, they have requested from our foundation, from BETF, 
uh, $10,000 in funding to underwrite their their uh, expenses for the conference in this, this earlier this month, as well as for their upcoming annual awards banquet. They're going to do some things with students at their awards banquet on September the 17th. And so the foundation has approved a $10,000 grant that will be going to our BDPA Cincinnati chapter. And so that's uh, this week's foundation update. Very exciting. It's wonderful to hear young people being successful, uh, taking the learning and the relationships and the networking from the different BDPA chapters, translating that into further education, and really being rewarded by scholarships. So that is great information. So, And I know that actually tomorrow, Adwait will be one of our guest inter-student interviews uh, for the special edition high school computer competition show. So I'm looking forward that to a, hearing his enthusiasm. He is a, he's a wonderful young man. He's already an entrepreneur. He and, he and some of his other uh, HSCC um, teammates have started their own company, which I'm sure he will talk about tomorrow given the opportunity. So we're very, very proud of Adweight and, and all of the students that, that uh, we work with. And we would encourage any of the iRadio listeners who want to help us fund these scholarships uh, to go to BETF.org, to our website, and they'll see a Donate Now button right there um, on the homepage. And any support they can give to us would be appreciated. Excellent. Well, thanks, Wayne, for the update. I look forward to having you join us in another two weeks. Have a great evening, and stay tuned, because coming up next is Michael Wolf, who is the high school computer competition coordinator for BDPA Twin Cities. And before Michael joins us, we'll have a brief commercial break. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, welcome back to BDPA iRadio. And joining us now is Michael Wolf. He is the high school computer competition coordinator for BDPA Twin Cities. Michael, thank you for joining the show this evening. Thank you for having me, Fran. Oh, my pleasure. Now, um, you know, we just finished the conference, and I know that coordinators uh, dedicate lots and lots of time to get the teams ready, to get everyone on board, um, to manage the excitement at the conference, and I really just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for the time and energy that you've committed towards your chapter and towards BDPA in general. It really makes a difference. And so welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'll accept that on behalf of all of the HSCC coordinators across the, the nation that uh, put in countless hours uh, making sure that these things happen for the kids. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, one of the things that everyone is always very curious about, because for years, Wayne and others used to say BDPA was the nation's best-kept secret. So I'm always curious, how did you find out about BDPA? And I wondered, Michael, what was your story? What's your story? My story, actually, um, I'm a 30-year veteran in the IT industry, and I had two young men who were teenagers and entering into high school 
And uh, quite honestly, um, um, I was redirected here by one of my uh, Sigma fraternity brothers and decided, hey, I should check this thing out. It uh, sounded like a great program, but I really started as a parent um, interested and um, looking at, you know, finding upwardly mobile ways for my children to uh, get a good, solid, um, you know, IT background. So that's how I actually became aware of uh, BDPA. Now, that, that is an interesting perspective. That it is one that I haven't heard as often. And so as a parent, did you actually get involved in supporting your children um, or did you just, you know, sort of take them to the competition, drop them off, pick them up? So the, the humorous part behind it, I would pull up and drop them off and I would go spend the day at Best Buy or uh, maybe I should be careful which sponsors, but I'd stop by the local tech store and, um, you know, spend a couple hours and then come back. That's how I actually started. Then I found um, an opportunity through some of the instructors and, you know, life happens. Uh, we had an ins one of the primary instructors uh, who now lives in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, she actually was getting married and moving out of state, and I thought, hey, you know, I can probably, um, you know, assist. And uh, that's how I actually became, you know, started down the path of becoming an HSCC coordinator, was really uh, taking the years of experience in IT and then uh, leveraging it against this program. Okay. So hanging out at the uh, bookstore in the tech area did pay off in addition to all of your years of professional experience. It did. Well, what is what are you doing in your program right now? Peter Carter talked a little bit about BDPA 3.0. Um, Ruby talked a, a little bit about the research that is going on um, as it relates to African American women and women in technology. And through Wayne Hicks, I heard that you're thinking about doing some new things as it relates to preparing students for the high school computer competition. So share a little bit about about what you're thinking of. Sure. As you can tell, I'm pretty excited. I mean, um, technology is basically my thing. If I was a football player, I would have probably been a football coach. Um, what I'm hoping to do with this program, and we have had uh, continued success and growing success over the years, is broaden the curriculum, make it rich, and make it um, servicing multi-levels of experience from you know, our newer students all the way through our more experienced students. We actually, in the Twin Cities, have a self-replenishing and uh, self-replenishing system. We have young students that are taught by the senior students, and all the basic classes and all of the you know uh, novice instruction actually happens by either our very experienced you know HSCC students or our college students who actually been truly blessed to have them come back and um, and donate their Saturdays and their evenings to make sure that the program is a, a success. So within the Twin Cities chapter, we actually have three levels. We have the intro level, uh, the intermediate level, and out of the intermediate level um, comes our HSCC program uh, selection. Um, the other thing that we find with our students is once they reach an advanced level, you know, they've competed at an HSCC level, which is a very robust and very, uh, any student coming out of uh, HSCC with, with a couple of years of training, um, really they are on a strong IT career path. But one of the things that happens is what else do they do? Um, there is a lot of technology. As we know that 
uh, our students, our kids, you know, they they are consumers, very large consumers of expensive technology products, smartphones um, of all varying degrees. And so uh, myself and a couple of other coordinators, uh, Tanji Zimmerman out of Detroit and also Michelle Cook, who is one of the HSCC uh, national coordinators, um, we presented a proposal and uh, we're, we were looking at mobile app development. We actually successfully put on a multi-week uh, programming class using all virtual uh, tools that were free available to the students and we never actually had a physical meeting and the students were able to um, get a very good background of what mobile app uh, development was about and most of them were able to successfully build a very you know uh, small application but I think broadening the horizons and making new opportunities available to our students that uh, have been in the program uh, a number of years so we're hoping that at some point in time here in the very near future We'll be able to present the uh, the BDPA National Youth Education Director with a um, very strong proposal to put on a mobile app competition. So that's kind of one of the hush hush secrets. So anybody listening to this program actually got an insider tip. So that is fantastic. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, are you going to offer the virtual training for adults? Uh, it seems to well, you, that that would be a wonderful skill set to, for someone to have in their arsenal. And I think one of the key things that, that our program emphasizes, and you hit it on the head, you know, you would like to see something like that for adults. Well, you know, that's the way IT is. Uh, we are virtual. We are now a global entity. We have global competition just within the IT pipeline. So, you know, it's my duty as uh, for all the people that ever, you know, extended the hand to pull me up another stair or a rung on the ladder, um, this is just our way of giving back and making sure our students have that same ability to get, um, you know, good quality uh, training and education in the realm of uh, technology. And in this particular case, um, we focus heavily on application development for the web, but, you know, it's uh, technology, there's many disciplines beyond just application development, uh, mobile app development, uh, looking at the phones, there's hardware repair, uh, so on and so forth. So we might even see other opportunities in, uh, in infrastructure as well as uh, across technology as a whole. That's great. And I, I was really encouraged to hear that, again, there is collaboration across chapters, across regions, and, you know, national is being brought into the picture so that what the innovation is happening is the seed is being planted so that the entire organization can have a chance to participate. So thank you for having that energy, that enthusiasm, and helping to um, make that secret get out. So I, I want to go back just a little bit because the conference really wasn't that long ago. And just ask you, in terms of your team, what did they find most rewarding about the conference? I would say that uh, winning in the top five uh, places is actually one of the, the happiest moments, at, at least for the students. Um, they were totally elated. It took them uh, a number of months to prepare for the competition and, uh, you know, you see challenges. You know, the teams, um, you know, they ebb and flow, they go up and down, there's peaks and valleys. So um, they, I'm very proud of my students as well as all the BDPA students, but mine in particular where they really came together as a team, they exhibited the professionalism that we 
as parents, adults, uh, hope and pray that we do instill in them. But they deserve every you know ounce of credit, and I think that was probably the most uh, exciting moment there. Um, I think another uh, opportunity that the Twin Cities chapter, as well as others, do is we we brought along a number of other kids to uh, see what it's like to get out of your hometown, to get out of your region. And in many cases, you know, uh, going to the BDPA National Technical Conference uh, that travels and moves around to various cities, it's the first time our students, in many cases, have been on a plane, have stayed in a five-star hotel, have had uh, have had the opportunity to look around and see so many beautiful African-American. The culture is very rich from every uh, spectrum of the rainbow. rainbow. And I think that would probably be the other uh, epiphany is that, hey, there's people that are just like me that do this. The fact that they can meet the founder of an organization or uh, the, the namesake of a scholarship. And, of course, meeting the famous Wayne Hicks is always the highlight of every conference. So, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that my students are still giggling over taking a picture with Wayne. So. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And now he has them in their his database. So in uh, five or ten years, they'll be on the request for donations list. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is that is terrific. Well, and I one of the reasons that I asked you about that is, of course, tomorrow will be the special edition of the high school computer competition on BDPA iRadio show. And so students from the top five uh, chapters will be on the show and have a chance to share their highlights and their excitement. So um, it, it's really great to hear that you enjoyed bringing them to the conference along with all of the other volunteers, and it was a meaningful experience. So, Michael, as we wrap up, is there a final thought that you'd like to share with our listening audience before um, we bring on our final guest. Absolutely. I think BDPA represents um, what we do as IT professionals. We're making futures happen every single day with these youth. I think uh, this is this is the most valuable organization for technical people of color. Um, as the mission says, from the classroom to the boardroom, it is definitely um, – impacting lives um, in the first person. I, I truly expect to see just a wonderful um, mass of technology infusion here as we send these students out and they start building products, other technology products for us to use and consume. So um, VDPA is it. <laughs> That's great. Well, Michael, thank you again for taking some time out of your evening to join us tonight. Um, thank you again for being part of the very large volunteer team that helped to make the high school computer competition work. So have a great evening and continue to listen, and I'm sure that you'll be tuned in tomorrow when your students are on the show. Definitely will. Thank you for having me. Sure, you're welcome. And up next is our National BDPA president. Why, Yvette, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for 
being patient and being our final guest. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Um, the conference was wonderful. It was great to see you in uh, several of the meetings and some of the panels. And um, I just wanted to personally thank you for your years of service. As I look over your bio, for over 13 years, you've really led the number of positions within BDPA. And I just wanted to start our conversation off with what has been your most rewarding experience with BDPA? And I know there's been a number, so you may have to take a moment to think about it. But what what stands out in your mind as a powerful BDPA experience? First of all, I want to thank you, Fran and Wayne Hicks, for having me on the show. Um, I really appreciate this. I know it's been very difficult to get me here, but... Um, Right now, I could say this is a very uh, rewarding moment for me. But as I think through the question that you have asked me, um, you are correct. There are so, so many things. But I will have to say the most rewarding moment for me is watching the young people um, at every opening ceremony, just seeing their eyes light up, um, seeing that they're prepared for what they have been um, working for. Um, looking at their supervisors, their coordinators, and just knowing that we are impacting the future. We are really living into the classroom portion of from the classroom to the boardroom. So every time I see a young person, that just really just elites me and just fills my spirit to know that, yes, I am helping to give back to the community. Mm. That that um, I know I've been to a number of conferences, and I would agree with you. There is something about how each of the keynote speakers addresses the young people, and they, you know, stand up a little bit taller and they pay attention just a little bit more because they realize that there's some great opportunities. And watching them um, go up to talk with Earl, and, you know, just just like, oh my goodness, you started this organization, you know. So it really is. It really is powerful. So how did you get involved in BDPA? When you think back, what what was the impetus for you to decide to join this organization? Well, for me, it might have been a different experience from um, you know um, the others who are on the show today. Uh, my experience started in the 80s, and um, it was really through my company that I worked for. Um, BDPA within the city of Chicago was just starting up, and they were going through their program meetings. And I was invited to present on the brand-new technology that was out at that time, which is um, DB2 for um, relational databases. And um, being new in my career, right out of college, and um, just working, it was exciting to go and be able to present to people who were already in the field of computer science and to bring some knowledge that I had just learned in some of the work that I had did at the company. And from that experience, they had continued to ask me to come back and um, continue to participate. And my um, company was very, very supportive of this. 
Um, so that really was what introduced me to it. And then one of the um, assignments, I guess I could say, because here in the city of Chicago, when you volunteer, when you sign up, you get an assignment. And it was to work with young people. <laughs> and um, the experience that they gave me was, hey, we have this brand-new program that we want to implement, and it's called um, Student Internship Program. And we want you to go out. We want you to build relationship with students and then figure out how to take these students and get them internships within companies um, throughout the city of Chicago. So that helped you know, branch me from um, working with the young people to figuring out now how to sell BDPA and sell these students to companies to say, hey, we have a a product, a group of young people. We have people who could fill your pipeline that we know are going to be excellent talent, and they're minority talent. And uh, we were able to um, present students to about 12 to 15 companies in Chicago, and it just grew across the United States where it moved up to the national level where national took over the student internship program. So that was kind of my start within BDPA. Wow, that is a great story. And it really encapsulates, you know, something that I've been hearing from many of the guests, and that's, BDPA provides you an opportunity to take what you know and share it, to hone skills, to get in front of people, to build a network. And I also hear that once you start with BDPA, you never know where those leadership opportunities are going to go. And in your case, selling BDPA and promoting opportunities for members really has been what you've been doing for a number of years consistently. Yes, that is correct. I mean, I think that is the most exciting part of BDPA is to be able to go out and speak about the organization, to speak about what each chapter is doing and about the leadership that we have in the organization and just selling the actual individuals themselves because this is our opportunity to grow and be the people who we want to be as leaders and technicians. And what better way to do that is to have this practice within BDPA. And I believe it was mentioned by Carter that, you know, if you look at this as your business, this is how you show up when you go out and you speak to other corporations. And that's the kind of relationship that you want when you're sitting at the table with them. Well, talk more about that. I, I like that phrase. This is our opportunity to grow, um, to, to practice, to, to show, show up as who we want to be. Um, you've had a number of roles. I mean, before you were the national president-elect of BBPA, you were the chairperson of the election and bylaws committee. You were involved in the internship program, which you shared, and you were also a BDPA director on the um, Education Technology Foundation. So what does, what does leadership look like for a new member of BDPA? Well, if I go back even further um, than the roles that you just mentioned, I think I might have had total about 11 different positions as leadership in BDPA. 
And the way BDPA is structured, um, it starts off just like in, in corporate America or in your own business as an entrepreneur. You're first a frontline leader. So as I mentioned before, you know, I was asked to be a part of a department. I wasn't on a board, so I reported to a director of student services. And my accountability was to be a manager and create a program, build a team, and figure out how to communicate my work with a small budget. So that's how I got my foot in the door. So I had coaches from the director position teaching me how to be a frontline manager. My second position was moving into the directorship position. So now I had to learn how to um, identify people who could be leaders reporting to me so they would be managers to fulfill the roles that I needed to help make sure that our department was very successful. And then moving on from there, I took on um, a vice president position. Well, the first one um, within the city of Chicago is considered an administrative vice president position where all the directors within the organization report to you. So you're literally running the day-to-day operations with each director of each department reporting to you. So you're growing now into, okay, I have to uh, be able to work as a vice president and make sure that my directors are able to run their own departments to deliver the work that they need to do. So you're starting to figure out what your accountability is as it's different than what the director is. And then as I moved into the chapter president, you know, my, my focus was different. It really wasn't around running the organization anymore. It was more about how do I build the relationship with our sponsors. And I believe Carter also mentioned, too, when you're that chapter president, you also wear that hat of sitting on the National Board of Directors and how you have to learn to operate as a board member besides just being a president. So it it stretches you and it it helps you to figure out how you need to grow. And, um, you know, then you move on into the president-elect position, um, I had opportunities before getting on the board, as you mentioned, to be the Education Technology Foundation um, director. And it was just an awesome experience that just helped stretch me and um, how I need to look at leadership. Because when you get in these different positions and as you grow, and especially when you become the national president, it's how do you build the relationships to encourage people to want to do things that they need to do to get things done because it's really not you that's doing that work. So it's your communication skills, it's building the relationships, it's showing up, being open and honest, and then being able to communicate that out to sponsors to let them see the organization stand as strong as it is today. So, you know, going through those different steps really groomed me, not only within the BDPA, it groomed me as a personal individual and how I need to go about living my life as well as how I can transfer these skills into what I do today at work. Mm. And I can see that, I mean, we've had a number of people on the show. And I, in our last show, we had Deborah Chima, who is a leadership expert, and she talked about how as part of her services are to help 
people prepare for leadership within their professional career. And part of what I'm hearing you say and I've heard others say is BVPA gives you professional development opportunities right now. When you volunteer, you can be a manager, you can be a director, you can be a vice president, you can be a president, um, and you're developing skills that are highly transferable. So you don't, almost don't have to wait to get a job. You can get a volunteer job right now in BDPA and really make a difference. Yes, that is that is so true. And, you know, with um, folks like Deborah, um, they are there to really encourage you. you. You never have to worry about if you're going to fail within BDPA. Um, that's one of the, the good things about the classroom to the boardroom. There are always people there who want you to be successful. So they're sitting there just waiting to help you in any manner that you want. So that's another um, good deed that I see that we as BDPA members bring to our membership. Well, as we wrap up, you know, because you've had so many leadership roles, if you could just take a moment to sort of pull out what are two or three key lessons from your leadership experiences that you could share with our audience because I loved how you kind of went through the different roles and showed how the roles gave you skills, gave you opportunities, and how they helped the organization, the members, and yourself. So what are what are some lessons learned for people to begin to think about as members and leaders? Um, so as members, I'm going to say get involved. I think it's more than just um, paying your membership. I think um, when you volunteer, that gives you that open door to give you the experiences that you want to try. And you'll see that it's real easy to learn and grow when you're working with people who want to grow with you. So for as a member, a new member, just get involved, and you'll just see how the opportunities and the doors will open for you. Um, as a leader, I'm going to say what I've taken from this is relationship is key. And you yourself are not, is, is not responsible to do everything on your own. So the goal is to build trust to build a team that uh, you have the same strategic goals and values in and allow them to do the things that they need to do. Because what I've learned in my position is I am their support, the executive committee, the board of directors. I support them, and then I communicate what they do. And as you grow as a leader, you tend to learn that a lot more. You're there as that governance person and that voice and the support that your team needs to get the things done. So that's how I look at leadership, and that's how I look at growth, and that's how I look at how new members can continue to move forward in their careers. Wow. <laughs> very, very powerful. I know that um, our time is running out, and 
I did want to sort of make some connections between um, the conference and now I had an opportunity to see you at the diversity panel, at the CIO panel, at the entrepreneurship panel. And I'm wondering if, has BDPA had a panel of past national presidents who've sort of done a reflection on their experiences? Um, I'm going to say I haven't seen it before, um, but it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I think that will be a great opportunity, uh, a wealth of knowledge um, that will come forth. I can tell you by just um, some of the conversations that I have had with past presidents have been very helpful and supportive of some of the things that I wanted to do. Um, I have made calls and reached out to past presidents, and their insights um, have been great. And I think that um, that would probably be an an outstanding panel if we were to ever do that one day. Mm-hmm. Because part of what I'm hearing, and Wayne mentioned that Adweight is, you know, has won all of these competitions and scholarships and is getting ready for college, and he's already an entrepreneur. He's already a leader. He's already pursuing excellence in technology. Um, Lucy talked about research. Carter talked about EDPA 3.0. Michael identified opportunities for volunteerism, the importance of really being um, a conduit for helping people look at technology. And I'm thinking, in some senses, everybody is an IT leader, and BDPA provides these opportunities. And for people to have a chance, no matter where they are, a new member, a member that maybe needs to be recharged, high school computer competition, uh, a person that's been involved in the competition, to be able to hear some of the words of wisdom, the lessons learned from past presidents, is a chance for people to see themselves in those roles and to think about how they can contribute. So I would I would put that out there as possibly, uh, that is possibly an opportunity for the professional development committee to do, or maybe something for another conference. Um, because, you know, BDPA just has so much talent at every level. And these conversations, you know, I, I hear from listeners, they recharge people. They just, they didn't know the personal stories. Um, and uh, we've got a lot of talent in BDPA. We do. And, you know, um, I'm going to take what you said and, and, and give it back to the leadership team and say this is, you know, something that came out in the iRadio. I think it's a great idea. I think it could work, and we could just start planning and put processes around it and see how we can make it happen. So mm-hmm. consider it done. Well, I'd like to support it. I'd, I, would, <laughs> I know that in BDPA, if you put your hand up, it means that you're putting your hand in. So I'm, I'm okay right. with that. <laughs> I've already um, had a conversation with Michael via email, and we were talking about the fact that we want to, uh, we're thinking about getting the students involved in the interview process before the competition. 
so that they can, again, help share some of their best practices uh, before the competition and then, um, in a sense, put them on the red carpet, really have an opportunity to highlight who they are and how they think and some of their accomplishments even before the gala. So a number of great things are happening, and I want to, again, thank you for taking the time out of your evening. I know that typically we end at 9.30, and thanks for being generous with your time. Thank you for all of your service. And I know that um, Monique will be <laughs> looking to you as a past president um, to, to help her in her journey. So thanks again for being on the show this evening. Okay, thank you. Well, we are going to wrap up our show for Tuesday, August the 23rd. I'm Fran McNeil with BBPAI Radio. Look forward to seeing you in two weeks. And make sure that if you're at your computer tomorrow evening, Wednesday, August the 24th, you can tune into iRadio because we'll have a special edition featuring the top five teams of the high school computer competition. And on Thursday, we'll have another special show featuring participants of the Youth Technology Conference. And Dana Sturdivant will be joining us on Wednesday, and James Zetta James will be joining us on Thursday. So have a great evening, and tune in to BDPAI Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPA iRadio Show is a regular exchange for BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology.